Ooh, am I excited for you to listen to today's episode with a man with a very beautiful beard, a more beautiful soul, and the most beautiful heart. I was so excited during this episode because I felt like I met my soul brother. And since we recorded this episode, it is true because we will be doing another one and even might be filming a show on the road with some exciting stuff. And so this guy is just a man of wisdom. And he shared so many things. I was asking him personal experiences. I was basically getting coached. And then he was just sharing so many incredible things. We talked about finding resources you cannot control and that challenge your capacity. The difference between helping and optimizing those around you. Why your fear isn't outside of you and why you can't use it as your fuel. And how to actually sit with your feelings and the questions to ask yourself, which I have been using since. And they are so good. So with all that being said, I'm going to stop now. Let's get into the show. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side of the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show, where I am in a little bit of a different location because life happens. And I'm sure the lessons that have shown up in my life in the last couple of days or weeks alone will be laughing gas and ammunition for the genius that I've had the pleasure of, let's just call it what it is, and I'm going to corner him into this, making him my new Insta BFF by force unless he gets a restraining order. Uh, but either way, uh, I am humbled. I'm honored. I'm stoked to connect with Wiley, who I will now call a friend already, uh, but a man loaded with wisdom, heart-centered, a man of experience and capacity with some genius to share. And I'm excited. I've been giddy before we were recording. I've been like talking his ear off because the more he speaks, the more excited I get. And so the pen and paper is out. I promise I will be listening more than I speak on this one. But without further ado, I kind of want to bring the renaissance man of the hour, the guy who's played in the field, been in the infantry from a baseball career to really has gotten to the place where he lives in this world by being willing to take a chance on him and invest in that and take those paths and actions to stay in alignment and live that way. And I am honored. I am humbled and I'm excited. So Wiley, welcome to the show. And George, brother, thank you for having me. I look forward to this. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. And plus, dude, you have the best podcast voice ever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. If I'm ever uh, having like a down day, I might text you and be like, can you record this in his ringtone for me? Hey, well, just... let's explore it. I'm happy to, to see what I'm capable of accomplishing for you. <laughs> <laughs> we might we might add some line items to your entrepreneurship career. And I was you like, oh, know. no. Oh, it's <laughs> it's well, and you got the name too, like like Wiley McGraw custom ringtones. Like that thing's carrying some weight, bro. Man, your mind thinks quick. It does. Cool. I already designed a launch strategy and the customer journey for it, but we'll save that for when you have Let's, the real idea. We'll have a cup of coffee and discuss. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> now now you can come out here, see Andy, and we can go to Black Rifle and have a cup that, of coffee there. There you go. I mean, give me more excuses to travel to good locations like yours. I love it, man. And Sedona is yeah. one of our favorite places as well. So oh, we, we, come, we come out there often, but primarily in the winter. Primarily. Sounds good. Yay. Yeah. It's a great time of the year. It is. It is. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I'm stoked, man. I've had the pleasure of uh, having you listen to me, but also answer a couple of questions. And sure. I'm just kind of incredibly excited. And 
uh, I have this like curiosity to kind of hear this evolution because I've had enough of the open loops of like, wait, you were that good at baseball and you did what? And then you were there yeah. and then you did what? Yeah. And I get excited about that because those are the moments that have brought me here. And in reflection, they feel so easy, but at the time they felt like the hardest decisions of my life. Mm. And so I kind of mm -hmm. want to paint the picture for everybody. Like, how did you become the man of today and kind of what got us here? Oh, well, I want to even touch what you just said was the transition moments, I think, were the most instrumental in me understanding and discovering more about who I am yes. and what I was born into this world with. And I think people in general um, miss out on those opportunities because of how uncomfortable they are and how almost it's like counterintuitive they seem to be. We, we tend to seek out things that we kind of want to understand and know and control. But when we don't give ourselves permission to be in the mess of life's transitions, we miss out on so much power and so much potential and information and solutions that present themselves in there because we're faced with that like psyches designed to protect us from that uh, ugly discomfort that comes with it. So that's, I'm glad you brought that to the table right now, but really at the end of the day, it's like my life going from being born out of the womb into this like athletic household where my father was a semi-pro ball player. I've talked about this time and time again, where I was put on the mound and T-ball at three years old. I mean, it was like, I was built basically by him to be a baseball player. So of course I didn't get to explore what I wanted to create for myself. I just knew sports. I just knew baseball. I just started playing the game. And as I got older and I started to recognize that I had talent, my dad started to cultivate that talent. Uh, it was great. I loved it. I played in year in and year out, started every team that I was ever selected on, uh, drafted on as a pitcher. I had an arm at 13 years old, 80 miles an hour. So my dad was connected to a lot of the different sports legends, Rod Carew, Bo Jackson, all those different people. And got started giving me, you know, pitching lessons from the California Angels pitching staff. So it just became this environment of you're an athlete. That's all you're going to do. That's all I expect you to do. And if you don't play to perfection, we, there's hell to pay. And it became this like relentless grind day in and day out where I never got to experience making real good friend connections at school. I always missed out on opportunities to go on trips with the schools because I was always training, always playing, always pitching, always performing. And as I got older, George, it's this transitional moment, I think the universe has said, look, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to, I'm going to force you to do it. You want to yeah. talk about force. And that's where I recognized as a teenager, something was off and my mindset was starting. I felt fractured. I recognized the stress in the household. Family dynamics were playing a part in my inability to stay focused. And, and I paid, you know, an ultimate price with my relationship between my father, because he started to see me moving away from this relentless commitment to that game. And I started to seek out other environments that challenged me to be a better man. That's something I could create for myself. And when I was in high school, I met a guy who wore a cowboy hat and it was almost like a serendipitous meeting. And he said, Hey, I have friends of mine that are rodeo cowboys come check it out. And I did. And I fell in love with the environment, the smell of the, the livestock, the wild nature of these cowboys riding, you know, Bronx and bulls. And I decided to jump in it, you know, head, head first, feet first, whatever you want to say. And uh, jumped, started riding bulls at 16 years old and fell in love with the idea that I was breaking away from that perfect, that it's almost like that perfectionism that I was forced to take on that wasn't who I was. Mm. Now, that transitional point was not easy at all. It was the, the, it's like a contentious relationship, the tension between my father and I. People ask, was that a conversation you sat down? No, not at all. I did it anyway. I did it despite him telling me not to. 
I did it despite what my mentors in baseball were telling me I should focus on. And it felt right, even though I was scared. I was scared shitless of it. I was. I was afraid of the punishment that I would endure. I was afraid of what people would think of me. I was afraid of how it was going to limit my, my, my potential for the future because I had scouts looking at me to take me to college. And this could be a multi-million dollar career for me. It's almost like I did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of my life start there. And yeah. um, Uh, Can we, can we hit pause for like one? Yeah, please, please do. Yeah, please do. Um, First, Mm -hmm. like, thank you. Like, thank you for sharing that Um, Mm -hmm. for every, for everybody listening I'm going to, I'm going to call out a few things and also ask about a few things because sure. I would highly recommend you hit rewind seven minutes and listen to that again. Cause there's about 12 guiding principles of like wisdom and nuggets that were dropped in what you just said. And um, I want to highlight a few of them because I think I have a very, I've had many moments like yours, right? And some have been in the lens of business. Some have been in the lens of my personal life and some in yeah. the lens of trauma, And the way that you describe that, I only had an experience of trauma, but I remember that I was a very successful food blogger, New York Times bestseller, number one app in the world, paleo food blogger, but I was actively bulimic Mm -hmm. and nobody knew except my wife. And my wife challenged me one day, I was about to give a keynote and she said, are you really going to go up there and lie again? Mm -hmm. And that's all she said to me and walked away. Um, But in that moment, I knew exactly what she meant. And I have 1500 of my peers. Right. And I'm about to give this talk of my success and how to get it and how to create it. And I'm like, I have to tell these people the truth. So in that moment, I lived a lifetime. Well, my career's over. I'm going to get disowned. They're never going to talk to me again. I'm going to lose my book contract. Who am I? I'm going to lose all million. Like, Every ounce of my limbic brain of survival was collecting every ounce of evidence possible to not allow me to take that transition. Mm. But you alluded to this and what you were talking about and something I want to talk to you about was um, the universe showed up to where it was so much force. I had no other option, but ultimately it was the option that I truly wanted, but didn't have the confidence to go pursue on my own. And so I created it by force. Mm -hmm. and then said, oh, the universe did this to me. No, I did this based on my behaviors. And so I ended up giving that keynote and it started with what I've kept in my keynotes from this point on. I started a timer on my phone and I said, for the next 60 seconds, I'm going to share my current truth and nothing more. And, And for 60 seconds, I said, I've been lying to you. I am bulimic actively. I was sexually abused. I feel like a fraud. I'm afraid all of you are going to leave. My career is over but my incredible wife challenged me and I can't live a lie anymore. And Mm -hmm. that went down is probably one of those top three moments in my career, but it didn't lead to me keeping the food blog. It led to me leaving it and giving me the clarity I needed to realize that it was no longer in alignment with who I wanted. And so I have a lot of lessons like this and Um, I want your perspective because as somebody who you live this way and you've, you've done this and you help people and you see this so clearly most of my life until about 35 was only by force because I didn't know how to create it proactively. I didn't know how to find those answers. And this is going to sound really silly, but my wife and I had a conversation last night and we're going through some big life changes and I got triggered really Mm -hmm. bad into trauma last night. And when I tell you the question that she asked me, it's going to shock you but you would have sworn that she told me I was going to die tomorrow. And all she asked me, she was like, what would it look like if it was easy? 
And it challenged me so hard because I had so much resistance. I had this massive thing and I realized, wow, this is back again to where like, I haven't given myself permission to ask myself, what do I want or who do I want to be? Or, and so I found myself in those situations most of the time by force, but the unattended collateral damage and consequences lasted a long time. And right. I've had a few moments in my life where I've been able to proactively make those decisions. Yeah. And, and now that's becoming my new muscle and it feels like I'm familiar with it, but not to a point where I can talk about it. But I remember like that gap, there are periods of my life where I sat on one moment of clarity for seven years because I was afraid of the consequences of sharing it. And I shared mm. one of that. I shared one of them last night. And seven years got collapsed with a thank you so much and a hug. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. thought, I thought my life was over. And so like, this is really fresh for me as the successful entrepreneur that everybody listens to. And so I found it very relative to ask you, how do you start to navigate that when you're in those moments of, I mm -hmm. don't want to play baseball and I'm going against everybody's wishes, but there's something in you that found that alignment or found that clarity or that thing. And so I would just kind of love your perspective. I love it. There's so much to even unpack yeah. with that. I'll do yeah. my best to streamline it because <laughs> I could go for hours. You have, you have the rest of the show, but like, I, I feel <laughs> Not like a problem. It, it's well, it's a powerful thing. Absolutely. And, and that happened multiple times. It happened from baseball to bull riding, then bull riding to the military and the military getting out. And then, and, and what do I build? How do I build it? Who am I, et cetera. So all those transitional moments, what they taught me and what I discovered was that it's time to learn that leaning into and embracing the fear that shows mm -hmm. up of the unknowns that are presenting themselves in those transitional or pivotal moments in your life is the true key to transformation. What ends up happening is we compartmentalize and try to think our way through transformation rather than experiencing it. People yeah. are afraid of the way it feels. Mm -hmm. So they hide from the feeling and then they get caught up, unfortunately. And I'm getting ready to do a TED talk on this on how self-help is actually broken because what we talked about before the show, many people, I know your audience isn't this way, but most people, they like the caffeine sugar high of personal development where it's the idea things are changing. There is some growth that does happen from a systematic or more monetary standpoint, but who they are and how well they want to live their life never really keeps up with the momentum. So they chase their own version of success and peak performance rather than learning how to master it so that anything that they add into their lives, a coach, a therapist, a crisis management team, advisors, especially like a lot of the celebrities I've worked with, it's those things, those resources only uplift them only yeah. accentuate who they are yeah. rather than it being something they're trying to use to solve a problem that never really gets solved. So it's the bandaid on the bullet hole that I would challenge people that are listening going, you know what, when you're in these moments and they're chaotic, they're ugly, you feel the tension, the butterflies, and you're scared. That's the moment where you go, I'm not being attacked by a saber tooth tiger. So clearly this means my life's actually changing. Even if it's going down a road, you don't want to go down. Maybe there's value in that moment. Learn how to appreciate all aspects of life. Confrontation is the only path to true transformation and enlightenment. Confrontation is the only way you change and battle your demons and, and become the person you say you want to be. It's the only way you can create a very balanced, holistic, successful experience. But most people are afraid of those feelings. That's the uh, key. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was a TED talk. Um, it was just... <laughs> 
<laughs> lacking <laughs> lacking the supportive story underneath each takeaway sure, but, sure. but but sure. yes um, um I love that. And you you said something, um, you know, it's funny. I had an old friend who used to describe that personal development bubble, right? The the event high as uh, having sex yeah. with your pants on. She's like, it's like having sex yeah, with your pants on. Good way on. to put it. Yeah. Like good if you want to do it, do it all the way and enjoy it. Don't pretend like you're in seventh grade just to go. Well, going back to what you said, find yeah. people. Like your wife basically walked up and kicked you in the nuts. Okay. Let's just call it what it is. That is exactly this what is happened. That Exactly. So this is the thing. People need to be willing to find resources they cannot control. Yep. They need to find resources that put them in the right positions that really challenges their level of capacity. Because that's what you've been doing. You said stretching my capacity to know yep. who I really am and where I'm supposed to go yep. comes only in the most arduous of moments of your life. What do you think about the military? We're both soldiers. We, it's like, or Marine, Marine soldier. Think about how the military is structured. It's a framework designed to take us out of our element, take control completely away from us and push us beyond our mental, emotional, and spiritual, even physical limits so we can become these elite operators when the time comes for us to go to war. Why do people ask us, how are you able to be in war, get shot at, and still drive forward and not be scared? It's because we were in a relentless training cycle that made us our best. Yeah. So if you're going to be in a personal development and your resources are giving you the option of how long you should take to do a program or how much time you need to have in therapy or whatever, you're literally being held back and limited and they're not doing it to hurt you. It's just their limitations and their own capacity of understanding what you really need to truly erupt who you are from the inside out rather than trying to solve your problems from the outside in. Bro, I like, so first off, can we do like podcast two and three? Sure. I, I, okay, because uh, I'm going to get you I'm either coming to you or you're coming out in person and I want a Joe Rogan style because I want to unpack the psychology of this because I get excited about talking about this with somebody who has your perspective and your expertise. Um, hey, you got a studio? I'll fly to you. One way I, do. We'll make I, do, I, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I do because I'm, I'm, I'm th number one, like I just want to take a, a minute to, to fill your butt. I'm thoroughly impressed and honored and humbled that you're coming on the show. Like I, I appreciate your wisdom you, and your masculinity and your structure and your groundedness. Like I can feel it and I can feel the work. Um, and that's why a minute ago I shared, like I did that, like I'm in the middle yeah. of it again. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's a good thing. And it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. And, and one of my reminders this morning is that I, I can't be excited about the destination and then get upset about the path. Right. Right. And, right. <laughs> and, so and, and that's like a reminder of myself because it's the reminders that you went to. It's like, I have an incredible best friend and business partner, but he's a trauma specialist, incredible men's coach, Stefano Safandos. And I remember mm. that, that moment you described, right. We're like, the world was in meltdown. My marriage is over. My business is over. Right. And everything in our body is screaming saber tooth tiger and all yes. our all it wants us to do is anything that gets us out of that current moment. And it's in that moment that the growth happens. And I, I called him in meltdown one day and he let me vent for like 45 minutes. I was puking, dry heaving. Like I had the ugly man snot, right? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, I was yeah. both a three-year-old and a 37-year-old at the same time intermixed. And um, yeah. he, he let me vent for like 35 minutes and everybody on the show has heard this already. And uh, he's like, cool. And I was like, so what do I do? And he said, sit with it longer. And he hung up on me. And he's the only man 
that can do that with me because of the context of our relationship. Cause I knew what he meant because we had been coaching. Yes. And yes. what it was is that anytime I was met with that feeling, I didn't want to feel anymore. I would use my codependency mm. to go to people that I could talk about the feeling without them holding me accountable to the full story. It's relief. It's you were relief. looking for the relief and I wanted... using, using things to cope with it rather yes. than sitting, sitting with it, tactically identifying what emotions are having in that moment, utilizing the value of our emotions to actually find solutions to yep. problem solve and, and move through it. Yep. The only way out is to go through something. And you were like, and that guy, I love what he did. It's like, I, I've worked with billionaires. I've worked with celebrities, pro athletes, CEOs of companies, 14 years behind the scenes doing just like I, I put them in those positions like he did with you sit with it hang up and it's like that can come across to most people as harsh that's not how you coach people that's not how you support people when people say that to you George it's what they're saying is I'm so uncomfortable with confrontation that is meant to change me that I'm going to then project that when I hear it happening to you or someone else it's wrong rather yeah. than realizing what he did was loved you Yes. And cared so much about you yes. sitting with it. He knew if you just sit with it, you're going to find the answers and you're going to get through it. And it's going to become an energy source that fuels more of your drive and success rather than being a live wire that just hangs off of you and attracts in things you don't want. Thousand percent, thousand percent. And like yeah. what's so refreshing about me is like on paper, if you threw the current situation on my paper five years ago, I would not be breathing right now. Like no way. No way. And I, and I've talked about this. I've been through all this. Right. And when I tell other people and my friends and the people I talk to, like what I'm in and they're like, how? And I'm like, I don't know. This just feels easy because mm -hmm. the moment I fell in love with that relationship and I created yeah. environmental design to know that now when that trigger happens that like, and my son has a book that I read to him for the first five years of his life. The book is called bear in the woods. You can't go over it. You can't go yeah. under it. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. And right. I want to ask you a question about this because here's a trap that I fell into. I fell into the mental masturbation trap, the rumination trap of like, okay, right. I, I don't feel good, right? Something's here. So, and you alluded to this earlier, but I think it's important to call out. So then I would go try to collect information to validate my case in that traumatic moment. And then I would either yes. want relief or I would look for as the man, the thing to do to fix it. But right. what's really, really funny is anything because of my reticular activating system and the lens in which I'm viewing it, every piece of evidence I collect is literally confirmation biased under the lens of trauma and only increases the shitty feeling. Yeah. And the only way to find the thing of what to do is to actually sit with the feeling until the feeling no longer has a charge. And you can ask the questions that you said, oh, what is the feeling? What is the story I'm right. making up about this? What am I right. afraid of? And so I'm really bullish on environmental design because earlier you talked about like my wife, right? And so I teach this model called the SOS model for my clients and they have to have their inner tools, their inner circle and their outer circle. So when they get triggered, they have a toolbox so they don't have to think. So when we were in the military, what I realize now is the reason that I was successful in the training and doing 18 months of workup for like a three month mission wasn't because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the feelings I'm having now. It's that when I had the feelings, I had a container that I was committed to irregardless of how I felt where I still had to take action. And sure. 
it's funny because when I felt like shit and I took an action, it gave me the clarity that either helped me realize where, where the shit was coming from or alleviated the shit. And I used to get right. so pissed about it in the military. I'm like, no, no, that was the secret. And so when I designed the SOS, the inner tools is like breath work, dancing, any modality that creates a pattern interrupt in the body, right? If that doesn't work, you go to your inner circle and it's the top nine on your iPhone and they all have to be briefed that when you're in my inner circle, it's to hold me accountable to my potential, not my story. And so mm. when you have the code word of like inner circle or 911, their only job is to say, go sit with it longer or to remind you of your power or your presence so that that moment doesn't exist much longer. And so yeah. um, one of the things that I struggled with though, Wiley, and I would love your perspective on this is mm -hmm. that when I was in those moments, I just had a default program in my brain that, oh, this moment is confrontational. I caused this, right? So then there must be something else I don't know. I must be missing mm -hmm. something. And then it led down the every men's group, every personal development group, every, <laughs> and what I was missing yep. was the application of any of it. And so there I just is. kept yep. stuck. Yeah. Oh, again, we should do that long, long form conversation on this stuff because I can go so For sure. <laughs> granular. But Sorry. you know what's interesting is, no, you're good. Uh, what's interesting is it's, we keep seeking solutions outside of ourselves rather than understanding that the majority of the problems that we experience are actually born from deep personal truths that we refuse to face in this reality. So if you consider what's happened even now with tools, people are now leaning heavily into psychedelics to try to hack their way through a problem or figure out a solution to their trauma or their stress or pain. And I call all of that your demons. I mean, if you think about it, these are personal demons that are plaguing every ounce of our power and our potential. It's limiting our ability to expand our capacity. So what you were talking about is having a network of people around you that consistently contain you in a way yep. that you need. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have your own personal like resource that's in your shit with you, but yep. it's having a container that allows you to, to, to squeeze out the things that are not allowing your potential to be optimized in real time as life is happening. And this is the problem I think that I've experienced over the years. I've worked with clients that, hey, I've been in therapy for 20 years, and yet I'm still in a position where my life is burned out. My, my wife hates me. My kid isn't respecting me. Despite my nine-figure bank account, I don't feel like I'm really the man I want to be. I don't know what's going on. I've done all the resources. I spent $3 million on personal development help. And it's like yep. their introduction happens. We spend time together to calibrate. And in reality is they've never been properly contained. They've never faced those demons. They've never battled them head on. And that's the key is you need to get into the trenches. You need to have the ability to sit with it and realize conf confrontation is healthy. It's, it's good. It's loving. It's necessary for real human potential to be transformed. Yeah, not change. And I, you know, I wrote a white white paper about that, about transformation and change, the difference between helping and getting optimized. There's ways in which those fields do provide benefit, but you need someone or some or people that can squeeze you, that contain you. The military does it very well. Uh, the you know CIA does it. I mean, all these different yeah. groups. Yeah, yeah. They organize to contain you. And if you don't have proper containment, you'll never actually eradicate those demons, and you'll never know what it's like to truly experience peace and satisfaction with success you'll always be chasing that and the numbers will be something just tied to a name rather than it being your life yeah understanding of life so. and and it's the it's the um it's the infinite it's the infinite and hamster wheel of suffering because there's the the only challenge is that the only way to remain in that constant is to increase the speed 
there's no slowing mm-hmm. down. And then irregardless, mm-hmm. you random fumes and then you're burning out and resenting a lot of things. And, and one of the things about containers, Wiley, for me, um, is you just alluded to this because I realized that when I was doing this work and consuming the work without the support of the container or anything to integrate it, everything I was trying was becoming more evidence to not integrate. So then my story became, well, I've spent $3 million on personal development. What's wrong with me? I've done yeah. this. Like I'm just fucked yeah. forever. Right. And so because I didn't have the container, that's the cost of being human. That's a big excuse. That's the right. cost of being that's, human. Right, that's the ahead. cost of being human. So because I didn't have the container, what it would look like on paper is that my wife would be like, I feel like you're not doing the work. I'm like, I am doing the work. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And what's funny is the the work would have been, wow, that's really interesting. Like, where are you seeing that? Right. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was this lack of yeah. container. And so I had to get really, really um, and I and I I'm I'm gonna ask you a question about this because Benjamin Hardy, I feel like, broke this down <laughs> in such a positive way for people with personalities and permanent. I know Ben, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 what I appreciate about Ben is Ben's human approach to application of psychology, same as Nicole LaPera, right? The sure, holistic psychologist, sure. right? Like I yep, appreciate yep. the the self-empowerment of the t- 20 years in the chair, right? Yep. And, um, but without the container, I was, I was collecting this evidence and it was more evidence of me not to do anything. And I would just get now stuck in this new story and this new story and this new story. And so, you know, this container concept was kind of foreign to me, um, but it, it was when I read like Atomic Habits or Benjamin Hardy or something like that, where I started yeah. to get a taste of it to where I was like, oh, I just need to really pick an action or a behavior that's in alignment with who I want to be rather than who I don't want to be. Um, but that was a struggle for me because I didn't know. I, 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 I didn't. Yeah. Know. I, I, I like yeah. I, I didn't know how to say I didn't know either. Right. Like my wife would be like, oh, is this what you want? I'm like, yeah. But the truth would have been like, well, I don't don't really know what I want or how to say I don't know Mm -hmm. what I want. So I'll just say yes. And then I become this version of everybody else's version, which made me feel even more out of alignment. And so, you know, you you have these moments in your life, these transition periods that I'm I'm fascinated and, and like inspired by. And so how do you like when you're living your life, when you're when you're doing your work, when you're doing this? And you get these feelings of like this idea or something isn't working or I feel like I'm out of alignment or this doesn't feel right. Like, how do you start to explore that for yourself? The moment that it happened because of life, those life experiences for baseball, the bull riding, the bull riding world really opened me up to understanding what fear represents when it's present, how fear cannot be eradicated. I don't care what anybody says. I'll challenge that to the day that I die. Fear is an inherent part of who we are as human. It's it's innate. So It just, it's learning how to manage and utilize fear rather than being afraid of it or trying to overcome it or avoid it. There's a difference in, in, in mental philosophy there and an approach for human beings where, you, you know, I'll go into that answer here, but you said something really significant. You're like, I am starting to focus on what it is I do truly want rather than what I don't want. And we have an, a tendency to go, I don't want this. I don't want that. And that keeps us away from actually manifesting more opportunity, more connections, more relationships, things that we truly do desire the most. Yeah. And then we chase, yep. get stuck in the chase and going back even to the psychology aspect of it and the human performance nature of it, because it goes beyond even just the psychological approach to behavior and, and how we operate. What I discovered in those environments it was the environments and the experiences, the radical 
experiences that presented the most mentorship to me. So I will just learn, I don't know, innately or intuitively to realize that when that happens, it's my job to embrace it, to go, okay, if something feels out of whack right now, if I'm feeling an emotion, like if I'm frustrated, if I'm angry, if I'm experiencing something significant within myself, and this comes back to, are you in a connection with your mind body? Do you have a holistic approach to living life? Or are you stuck in your head and can't feel anything? I'm able to, through those experiences, go, it's here because there's something happening and I need to understand where am I at? What mindset do I have? Where am I putting my energy and focus? Why is this experiencing happening to me? And is it coming from the, the fact that number one, I was born into this world, an eruptor, people's shit is they're it's just going to come out when they're around me. Or is it in fact something that I am creating right now because I might be out of alignment with what, what I'm doing or the work effort that I'm putting out. So it's a nuanced presence of mind that I think we're lacking significantly now more than ever yeah. that I, I would tell people sit with it a little bit longer and embrace it and go, you know what? Something's out of whack. Let me just take this on right now and focus only on why it's out of whack. And let me see then what I can do with that. Because if I try to just get away from it or I buy, try to bypass it, or I just chalk it up as ah, just the nuances of that's somebody else's crap, I'm going to miss the greatest value that might've been presenting itself in that moment. And therefore I end up, it's, it's kind of like having an earache and you take a, a pharmaceutical and then like a week later, it comes out of, you know, your eye, it leaks yeah. out of your eye and you take another pharmaceutical and then it comes yeah. out your, you know, other places instead of just addressing why you have the earache in the first place. Yeah. Why is that uh, even there? I, um, How do I and, take care of it from the inside? Yeah. And, and I don't want to challenge you on fear. There is, there is one way. I think it's called a lobotomy or something. Um, <laughs> they're like, that's the only way you're getting rid of it because I know. fear is human. <laughs> 1,000 1, and I am in your camp, one wholly supported, but I just had to prehand handle the one dude who's going to be like, well, actually, and you're like agnostic of a lobotomy and killing yourself. I, uh, yeah. Sure. And when you, when you talk about well, erratic, go ahead. I was just joking, but go ahead. No, I know. I know. I want to hear what you have to say here, but I want to just that person that might say that because people will go right away and they hear it. And if you feel confused about hearing me say that or anything that George says, or whatever, if you feel confused in this moment or you go, I don't believe that that's a moment to stop and go, wait a minute. Why am I confused right now? Why do I doubt that? Let me see what that is doing for me as a, in my own personal capacity, every little nuanced moment like this, that feels challenging or feels like it goes against what you think or believe is an opportunity for growth. It's 1, an opportunity 000%. for real change. So I wanted to say that to the person who might be questioning this moment because fear can be in fact reduced. It can yeah. be dissipated. It's always going to be there and it always presents itself with real change, with real challenge, with real transformation. That key word that everybody likes to throw around, fear will always show up, even if it's the most subtle feeling of like, I have a little butterfly in my stomach. That's fear. Yeah. yeah thousand what does percent. that mean? And, and how do you and, use that as a fuel? And, anyway, go back to what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what I want to talk about. So you, you kind of tied it in so perfectly because you talk about this and I agree with you. Um, and the challenge that I had is that I looked at fear, like it was something other than me, just like I looked at my shadows, yeah. right. When I started, yeah, yeah. you know, healing. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Oh, I'm healing my relationship. And I caused all of this pain. Right. And so then when I started doing that work, um, you know, and, and getting, and getting into, into that work, I disassociated from those shadows for a while because they felt so painful and so real, but no work was ever done until I had to love those shadows. And I had to be like, right. wait, 
that was a trauma response. I'm not a bad human. I'm not a bad man. I made a bad decision and a choice out of a reaction, but I have to be aware of it to fix it. And mm -hmm. fear was like that for me as well. And it would be like, I would, I would either keep it at bay until I needed it. And I would live a life of chaos and I would use it as insecure fuel to like accomplish the next thing or be a New York times bestseller, but then I'd be empty on the other side. And I realized, and I wanted to say this earlier, when I was sitting with things, I was struggling because I was sitting without any clarity. And I read a book from mm -hmm. Keith Cunningham called The Road Less Stupid, right? And he talks about thinking time. And I realized mm -hmm. that when I think, I also need to think in containers. I need to think in structure. I need to create things. And so as we're talking and you know, we talk about the lobotomy and the brain thing, but any confusion or any things that come up in your life those moments are opportunities to explore. But I will say that like sitting with something is not when Stephanos hung up with me, he didn't mean go wallow in my bullshit and no, of course get, not. No. get really mad at myself and collect more evidence. He was like, go sit with those feelings. And from a place of self-love, like what are they? Where are they coming from? Why are you having them? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I would say like, just as, cause you, you said quite a few powerful questions, Wiley, of like, what could this be coming from? What is the story I'm making up? What would I want to feel in this moment, right? Like, and so I just think for anybody listening, when you get hit with those moments, if you're going to give yourself the space, give yourself the space with some quality questions that will allow mm -hmm. you to find some clarity or find progress in that direction because ambiguity only makes the current situation worse. And so when you're wild with those emotions, sometimes for me, it's like, hey, I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk and I'm just going to ask myself this one question. If I get to the end of the walk and I haven't answered the question, it doesn't mean I failed. It means the answer wasn't there yet. And I can either go do another task or I can say, I'm going to go for a 15 minute walk and ask this question. It's the willingness to dance with it. And so I just wanted to, to call that out to make sure because mm. the, the rumination and the, and the, and the, the replaying of it all doesn't really create any new awarenesses. So if you're listening and you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs or you know the seven logical levels of the brain, in order to create change, you can't change it on the level that you're on. So just asking better questions or having an intention or a container to help you process those, I think is really, really important, or at least it was for me. No, and, and, and it is, and it actually has its uh, a place in what you're talking about. And I love that you shared that because so many things that came out of me right now, where, number one, most often the difficulties that people are, are living with the problems that they have do not reside in the difficulties that they're really experiencing. They come from somewhere completely different. The only way you truly can understand why things aren't operating the way they are at an energetic level. There's, there's more to it than just our thinking. We get caught up in the compartmentalization and you said something about, you know, we got to create structure. We got to create think a certain type of way of thinking. Yes. But don't get caught up in that as the end all be all to your growth. Because what ends up happening is you overdo, you it's like we have this culture of mindset, 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 mindset. It's all mindset work. But mindset is just creating strength in the structure. Awareness is the space in which your thoughts that exist becomes aware of itself. Yes. Then that mindfulness can change into a more fluid, dynamic way of which you operate, where you know how to utilize the compartmentalization of thinking into a more ambiguous way of operating. And I've had clients, these public figures I've worked with where they're so structured in their head because of the businesses they've grown, uh, the, the stuff that they're doing with their clients, um, that when they get put in a space of ambiguity, 
they lose their minds and they freak out and it's good to have, but because I'm there in their life with them, because I create a container through our relationship, because I'm in the trenches by their side as that ambiguity is happening, they find going to what you said, ambiguity when you're in chaos is not good for you. Ambiguity when you're in a controlled environment of, of proper chaos transforms your ability to expand and actually see the value in the unknowns. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a two sides of that coin and we get caught up in one side of it where I come to the table and I talk about it's human beings need to be stretched, challenged and pushed in ways they can't understand, they can't control, they can't think their way through. They need to be outside of this idea of what is coming my way. I need to know how you're going to do it. If you need to know how you're going to transform, you limit yourself there too. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece you brought up, brother, it's like tactically identifying your emotions is a huge win for people. Yeah, just an Change inventory. Frustration. Yeah. Emotions, emotions are not good or bad. I hear negative emotions, positive emotions, BS. Emotions are emotions. We have yep. an entire emotional scale for a reason. We have depression as the lowest on the rung of ladder of emotions that we, you know, what happens is people get caught up and stuck in that emotion. And then it becomes a chronic disease. Yep. It can be anger. You get stuck in anger. That becomes a chronic disease. Anxiety becomes a chronic disease because we don't allow ourselves to, to recognize why am I feeling angry right now? And what is the information it's presenting to me? And how do I use it for good yep. so that I can get through what I'm going through? We a get mad percent. at ourselves and say, don't use anger. It's wrong. Look, I practice Kung Fu. I love Buddhism. And I talk about Taoist principles. I'm all over the spectrum of holistic understanding of life. I see what they're talking about when it comes to anger and how it can burn you out. However, there's value in it still when it comes to living. And if you can tactically identify your emotions, you then utilize them. You decide whether or not they become good or bad, negative or positive. I, there's a difference I, in that shit. I have to summarize this because it was so well. So first, when I said, and the reason I use containers, Wiley, is to not allow myself to think. So I eliminate thinking through right. containers. So when I set a 10-minute right. mi- timer with one question, I can't think and ruminate yeah. anymore because it gives me that right that being point. Right. Right? Pro- proper so, containment. Proper so like, containment. Not just a container. Yeah. So like I have to thank Thich Nhat Hun for this, like learning through him and Buddhism around like the walking meditation was a concept that I struggled with because of how people see meditation. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, right. Every step I take is technically a meditation. It's am I in the moment meditation. or not? Right. And then I was like, well, I hike all the time. That's one of my masogis. I do a masogi a quarter to stretch my capacity, like comfort crisis, incredible read for everybody. And so I realized like the containers for me are because I'm such an overthinker and verbal processor. My easiest kind of checkmate is, oh, you got 20 minutes and it's just a stillness practice. No music, no notebook. You just get to be. And I do that every day. And mm-hmm. so I do, I do that. And so what you were saying, and I actually like it, it brought a lot of sense to me earlier when I was talking about disassociating from fear and disassociating from the shadows, anger was no different. And I realized that all of these parts of me are the most powerful tools that I have, but only when I recognize and accept that they're a part of me. Like that shadow is a part of me, that fear is a part of me. And um, that anxiety is a part of me. And and really in hearing you here, like doing an emotional inventory of like, oh, I have anger showing up. It doesn't matter if you know where the anger is coming from. It matters that you just identified it for what it is. Oh. And what is it telling you? I, I noticed that every time I get an email from this person, I don't want to mm. open it. 
right? Mm -hmm. And by the way, mm -hmm. everybody listening to this, I guarantee you have one of them right now, right? <laughs> yeah. But what yeah. do we do? We see it in the inbox and then we're like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Yep. But that mm -hmm. feeling that it gets triggered when we do it later actually manipulates our subconscious and changes our state of being for every other task that we're doing. Because you consume more energy when you avoid, sorry to interrupt you, but you consume no, yeah. more ener energy in avoidance than you do in confrontation. Yeah. And that and little thing, like answering that email, you confront it, it's set a boundary. Maybe you need to set a boundary with that person and they no longer email it, and that energy goes away. And now you're yeah. not consumed thousand percent by that avoidance. And so like anyway, when sorry I, when to interrupt I you, buddy. no, no, like no go. Cause I'm like, when that email comes, just do yourself a favor before you pause it, before you delegate it, defer it, delete it, ask yourself one question. Why am I in avoidance of this? Because I guarantee you the answer to that question probably applies to many other areas in the business or the life that that one tweak or that one awareness brings it everywhere else because it titrates out. Because I was going to, well, here's what's funny. Well, I was a bit like, hey, we talk about fear and I love fear. And I was going to be like, you know, how does somebody go about having a relationship with their fear and using it as a tool? And I was like, Wiley's probably going to be like, well, first you have to acknowledge that it's there. <laughs> And I'm like, we're already talking about it, but I I, I love this concept yeah. of fear and like, you're a fucking bull rider. And my buddy Dan is, and you guys are, I have an entire episode on the psychology of your brain to be a bull rider because I am <laughs> impressed. But in, 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 in this lens of like, even in this conversation, we've, we've, we've had a lot of even fortune cookies thrown out that have brought awarenesses to potential confusions or challenges or holy shit, I've never thought about what I want, or I am afraid of that, but I don't know how to do it, or it's stopping me from taking an action. And so I'd love to put like maybe a how bow on some of this of like, how can people start relating to some of these awarenesses or doing an inventory and being able to audit that inventory and understand where those are coming? Like, do you have any tips, tools, anything? I would start, well, you just actually gave a little bit of the how there. Oh, and sorry. First of all, no, it's good. I love that you said that because people ask that all the time. Is Again, I want to put it in context. The nature of my work is I'm kind of the antithesis to the steps and the processes. I'm a very interpersonal resource for these powerful and prominent leaders. These people have influence, impact. I li live with and I travel with. I'm in their lives with them in a holistic dynamic. We relate. And as life and things are happening, I'm in that to guide and then push and challenge and even fight them at times if they need to because of what you just talked about. So what I would tell people that are listening, if you want a tool, the tool first tool I would give is be willing to accept that is going to happen when you want to change your life. It's going to happen when you want to build a business. It's going to happen when you want to have a hard conversation. It's going to happen when you get on a podcast and you're nervous because you've never done it before. It's going to happen when you go stand on a stage for the first time and speak. It's going to happen anytime you're being asked to stretch. Give yourself permission to, to just go, you know what? I need to allow myself to accept this. And if I can accept this, then the answers or solutions to the problem solving will start to grow from that point. You got to start there first. You got to be willing to have the hard conversations and read the emails. Look, I get it. I It was hard for me back in the day too. And I was like, oh gosh, these people are projecting. And I just feel so, it's like, no, my business partner, she's like, no, you've got to open the damn email and read it. We got to get through it. We got to go confront that person. Go set a boundary. Go talk to that person. It's like, it's easy to get swept up in the idea that I need to find a step-by-step -step system that I can control and read and utilize on my own rather than in the moment 
just give ourselves permission to start doing it. Yeah. I would tell people that start there. Here's a tool. Be open and willing to embrace that you are going to experience those things and realize they are good for you, not bad for you. Yeah. Start challenging your psyche yeah. in the moment. Even the simplest of thing of like, you know what? Oh my God, having this conversation with my mom is going to be oh, so brutal. But that could transform so much in your family dynamic. And it'll free you from the bonds of stress so that the thing you say you're wanting to create actually starts to happen for you rather than you being something you're grinding your way through and trying to figure out while you're carrying the weight of so many different confrontations that need to happen. So that's a long drawn out breath to that answer. But no, I it would was... say also tools... The tools that I would use is it's finding people like you, like me, people that are willing to get into the trenches with you and punch you in the face. And I say that metaphorically or hell, if you got a client that can handle it, maybe you got to do that in a ring or something. But willing to get into that, that environment with the right resource that you can let go of, yeah. control and surrender and lean into. It's like my mother's Native American. So as a Scottish and Native American, like I, I grew up with principles. I've been welcomed into circles with elders of different tribes because of who I am, the background. And I've learned the difference between proper suffering and improper suffering, proper sacrifice and improper sacrifice. And I went out into the woods for four days and four nights by myself during the pandemic without anything, because I wanted to know what else I could discover about myself as a human being. Yeah. And it was so unbelievable, crazy how I was able to go, wow, that was a, a deep memory that I put away from even when I was five years old because I was away from distractions and I was willing to put myself in the most uncomfortable positions. But I didn't just get there overnight. Yeah. I had resources from baseball, bull riding, combat, getting out of the military and building myself up, mastering myself first before I created something that would help others. I still to this day keep myself in a state of optimization. My business partner keeps me on my toes. She tells me the things your wife tells you. It's like, yeah. I don't care. You need to go out and you need to do a TED talk. You don't care. Go and stand on stage. Even though I don't want to go stand on stages because that's not necessarily what I do. I'm still going to do it because it's yeah. the challenge and it's the discomfort that I feel, but people need to hear these messages. They need to talk and have conversations that challenge the paradigm of personal development and growth. And that's what it's all about. Start Bro, and I am, uh, I am humbled and grateful that men like you exist in the world. So thank you. Thank you, brother. And, and I appreciate I, that. And I, I mean that your words uh, the wisdom and the depth of your words, like the experience that's underneath them, the brevity in which you can share, which only comes from mastered experience and application. Like it's, it's a, it's a gift, man. Like I, I do this podcast a lot. Like I'm 400 episodes in, I bet on like 8,000, very few get me like excited and giddy to where I'm like, no, I can talk to you for like 10 hours and just go like, it, it's, it's truly a gift. You sharing all of this, man. I, I just, I appreciate um, that brother. Yeah. It, it's it, just, um, it matters. Understanding who I am. And you yeah. said at the beginning of the show, understanding who I am came from my ability to lean into the fear of the unknown and discover and battle my own demons. Having my outside resource, like my business partner, having the people that I sur surrounded myself with that never let up has allowed me to face and battle my demons to eradicate them permanently so I can live from a set point of peace. Doesn't mean I don't have emotions and experiences. I do. But I always go back, I'm a set point at peace because of that self-discovery. And I understand that people need this. And when you have leaders and influencers, business owners, celebrities, CEOs that are living limited by their own demons and they don't are not eradicating, it's going to influence and impact the masses. It's going to yeah. leak out into the world and yeah. keep us on this constant divisive, conflicted 
you know, society that we're experiencing right now. So to yep. me, it was, thank you for saying that because it's passionate for me to do the work that I do. It's not about yeah. anything else other than getting to the, to the real truth about who people really are and how they optimize lives. So thank you yeah. so much for having me. No, um, man, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's huge. And, and I will say, and just to say this one more time, those people sure. do exist, but you're the one that takes the step forward every day. And so it, it, it just does, it doesn't go unseen. So I, I appreciate it. And um, I only have uh first place. You have a podcast, right? Wise words and whiskey. Yeah. Wise words and whiskey with Wiley McGraw. Wise words and whiskey. And now I understand why it's named that. And I totally support that. So uh, <laughs> I want Without every- the E. Without the E, it's a spelled yeah. Scottish way. <laughs> yeah, I want everybody to check check that out. But like, what's your website? Where can everybody find you? Yeah, we put it put together wileymcraw.com, W-Y-L-I-E-M-C-G-R-A-W.com. Perfect. Uh, it's all gra- grounded philosophies and insights, white papers, different things about the nature of my work and why I do what I do. I'm going to go, I'm going to go dive in. And for everybody listening, um, Wiley and I will be doing another one or a second one. We will do one in person um, because I'm also aware and I have notes of like the 27 open loops that I did today uh, for all of your brains that make you have to come listen to the next one whenever we do it. So uh, that's the benefit benefit of living and teaching the work. But I I wanted to, um, I have one more question for you, but one of the things you were saying, and I I think what really helped me you know, like my life is the best it's ever been. I'm the happiest I've ever been. And even in the middle of turmoil, like I'm finding pockets of the groundedness and my set point now is a different frame than it used to be. So it's easy to navigate. But I I realized that you were speaking, I had what was coming to me was, well, oh, most of my struggles used to come from thinking that there was a finish line. That like now Mm. that it's in integrity, it stays in integrity or now that it's working, it stays working. And I, I adopted this philosophy I talk about on the show that every morning I wake up, and I envision I lost my wife, my kids, my business, and my friends. And Oof. every day it gets to bring it back into integrity. Not because it's bad, but if I'm not focusing on it, then there's something to be done. And so I just for everybody listening, yep. like fall in love with the fact that like this is the game, that the finish line is awareness. And the moment you fall in love with that, you have the tools to take the steps required but it's going to be right. constant. It's an evolution. It's a growth. And we are different people every single day with different experiences and different mindsets. And so uh, I have found yeah. this new curiosity for that and and realizing my adolescence in some area and my juvenile tendencies in some areas, and then some mastery in other areas that I'm really proud of. And so it, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I like no, to go end, ahead, please. Ask I, questions. I, I like to end with one question and, and I was framing yeah. the question uh, because I'm you know, I have diarrhea of the mouth and uh, I just, you, you're, you're packed with wisdom. So I always end the show with one question and I ask my guests, I'm like, I want you to imagine that everybody listening just got men in blacked and they didn't hear any of the episode. But in this moment, you have the ability to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they'll take with them forever. What would your tattoo wisdom be? You have to face yourself and your own truth about all your demons. If you want to be the most optimal human being possible, that's where success comes from. Anything else other than that's going to leave you limited. It's going to leave you chasing the idea of what life is supposed to be rather than living it. I love it, man. I love it. So selfishly, that's for me because when I retire permanently, because I've done it a few times, I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. launching I'm launching a fortune cookie company of all my one-liners and all my friends' one-liners, and I'm just going to launch fortune cookies Wait. with your saying. So if this hey, comes better than the stuff that they put out, yeah. So when when I get to that <laughs> point, there's a chance that you'll have 
uh, you'll be in a fortune cookie, but I'll get your permission because I love that one. And you know, for everybody, for every, for everybody listening, uh, I'll leave you with this. Uh, this podcast was a gift for me today. Uh, I'm sure you can tell it was a gift for me in my present moment. It helped me with some perspective and some clarity and we're all human. And I want to echo what Wiley said, like, you're not in this alone. There's a community, there's people, your willingness to do this work is your invitation to the table. And so know that we're here and take one thing from today's podcast, just one, one thing that's 30 seconds, that's one minute and put it in your calendar, set your intention and make it a priority to explore it. Whether it's asking a question, Mm -hmm. sitting with stillness, doing breath work, going for a walk, going on a spirit quest, a vision quest, a darkness retreat, whatever that thing is that you're now thinking about, because I'm making you think about it and you're pretending that I can't read your mind, that thing, that one right there, that's the one that I want you to take an action on because that's where this work really matters and where you spread it to the rest of the world. And so uh, Wiley shared some fucking wisdom and I'm going to listen to this one again and take some notes. And so that's my permission slip for all of you. Let's lean in, let's do it together. Let's realize that light creates more light, but you have to shine yours as bright as you can. So that's what I got, man. Thank you. Life life is meant to be lived and it's not meant to be easy. Get after it. It isn't, man. Nothing good comes when it is. I, I can tell you, I don't have one memory in my life that I can be like, oh, I remember that because it was so easy. I don't have any of those. <laughs> no, it's cliche, but you got to learn how to be uncomfortable. You have to learn how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. You do, People man. People say it all the time, but really what it takes is what you said. You have to face, again, we have to face ourselves first. We truly have to know what it's like to battle who we are and where the real war resides. That's within us. And if we can combat that, and we can battle our own demons. We can get to the truth of who, who we are, what we're capable of accomplishing. It, it, it's like it naturally becomes an accelerated experience and life becomes living work and not something that you're struggling to, to, to compensate with. So, so, so much we can unpack. We are going to end on your wisdom. So Wiley, um, honored man, humbled. For everybody listening, uh, go to wileymcgraw.com uh check out his podcast check out his stuff i'm gonna go read some white papers i'm gonna have wiley back so if you are listening to this and you have any questions whatsoever for wiley shoot me a dm and say this is for wiley next time and i will peg him if it's eight hours ten i'll hold him hostage i have more friends here but we have some bank up so we'll get him in we'll lock him in we'll record uh and we'll see if we can even get him at one of our events to come mingle and magic with all of you in the future. So uh Wiley, it's been uh an honor, man. It's been a uh, humbling and know that you always have another teammate in your corner, my friend. So thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for having me and for your audience as well. Of course, man. So for everybody listening, this wraps another episode of the Mind of George Show. So we will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your eye earballs. So Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. Have a beautiful day. I love you. And now it's time for the awesome outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club 
fill out the application and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.